Welcome to the Jeffers Brief, only on Contra Radio Network. Hello again, Intelligentsia. Let me fulfill our contractual obligations before we begin the show. Hi everyone, Donald Lowry here. And I'm the marketing director for Contra Radio Network. You know what helps me sleep well? Physical gold. Gold IRAs help people diversify. The best gold IRA company is Augusta Precious Metals. With thousands of happy customers. Learn why Americans get gold IRAs. Get Augusta's free guide. Text CONTRA to 68592. That's C-O-N-T-R-A to 68592. Or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. All right. Hey, hey, Intelligentsia. I call you Intelligentsia, my listeners, because you are intelligent. Be intelligent enough to go to Augusta Precious Metals. I'm going to tell you why. Need you to fill it out. Go ahead and text it. The word Contra. You know how to spell. You, you, you go ahead and you send that word to 68592. All right? Do that. Why? Because I would like to have them come back as sponsors at the end of our campaign, which is October 31. And if we don't have any response from them, from you guys, they're not going to bother with us again. And I really don't want that to happen. Now, do me a favor. It's real simple. It's going to take you all of 30 seconds. You open up your little text machine. You put in 68592. Subject, Contra, let it fly. What you do with it after that is up to you. I would hope you would go ahead and buy and remember, they're more than just gold and silver IRAs. They can, you can buy your spot prices for silver and gold. You can. I suggest you do. So, with that done, I need you to do this. Write this down. This is important. This show is coming from the Augustus Precious Metals Studios. I know a lot of you can't see what you know, what, what's been done, but I can, and... I'm okay with it. Thank you. Thank you, Augusta. Appreciate it. All right. A lot to talk about. Um, you know, before I used to, you know, I used to say a few years back when I was uh, first starting this, when I first started Contra Radio Network, there was no Jeffers Brief. It was just Contra Radio Network. I had no idea what I was doing. Barely do now, but I'm a lot farther along than what I was when I started back in 2014. Yeah, that was nine years ago. Been doing this show for nine years. What I need you to do and understand, my friends, is this. I used to say, you know, are you gym fit or are you prepper fit? And I always would come down to the side and say, you know, you should be prepper fit. Well, you know what, I'm, and I, and I, of course, since the heart attack and bypass, 
I've been doing a lot more gym exercises, and I got to tell you, I think I've I've kind of come down on both sides, and both sides of the same coin. The coin being, you need to be fit to be a prepper. How do you get there? You know, I, you know, one of the things I do now is I do a lot of cardio, do the treadmill thing, and I do thirty minutes of treadmill. Is cardio fun? No. Is it entertaining? No. Is it necessary? Absolutely. You know, being a, you know, doing cardio is going to build up your stamina. Why do you need to build up your stamina? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Uh, let's put this scenario forth. Grid is down. You're on the run. You have your backpack. You have been doing cardio. You've been building up your stamina, right? You run across a group of people who, have, who clearly are not in shape, clearly are out of breath, clearly under stress. Cardio helps you deal with all of that, helps your body deal with it. Now you're being chased. Guess what? You got the, the people that you ran across, who are out of shape, who don't do anything. Why? You know, they get on the computer, all they do is play, they watch TV, they have their dog and suds. You know what? And don't get me wrong, I like dog and suds coleslaw quite a bit, but I just can't have it anymore. But anyways, you're on the run. Guess what? You're going to outlast them because your stamina is built up because you've been exercising. You've been doing cardio, whereas they have not. People chasing you will stop to deal with the people who have fallen behind. You know, sometimes it's referred to as bait or a wolf meat. Just the same. There you go. There it is. That's why you should be doing cardio. That's why you should be doing exercise. Look, I I play a game and I'm on the treadmill. And my it, I don't know how, how accurate it is. What I can tell you is this, my friends. I see how many car or calories, how many calories I can burn in 30 minutes. The most I've done is 272 calories in 30 minutes. And I'll tell you, it, will, it wiped me out. But generally speaking, I can do between 240 and 250 calories in 30 minutes. And it took me a long time. It took me, let's see, I started rehab in April 17th, and it ended July 17th. So... You know, AC, April, May, June, July. So, so 90 days. I did it. Three times a week. That's what I did. And every time I fit it, you know, every week I got farther and farther along. I could burn more calories in a short amount of time. My point is this. If you don't build up your cardio, if you don't build up your stamina, you will be weak. Weak people do not survive a grid-down situation. They become victims in one way or another. Do I lift weights? Yes. Do I lift a ton of weight? No. You know what I do? I bench 55 pounds and I do that. I do you know, a set of 10 repetitions. And I'll, and I'll do two or three, four sets. And that's it. I don't need to be a lowland gorilla. There are plenty of people out there like that. I'm not one of them. Plus, the fact is this. When you get done doing the treadmill, doing cardio, you try to lift weights. It's, it's, it's difficult. You've, you know, 
you burned out all the sugar in the first 20 minutes, all the sugar you've built up for energy is burned within the first 20 minutes or so of cardio. After that, you're burning fat. Hey, I'm telling you how it is. I know you don't want to do it. You know what? I find myself, I'm starting to enjoy it. Uh, I find a way I go to the forest preserve. They've got hiking trails. Guess what I do? I go hiking. And I'll do. When I first started, I could barely do a mile, a mile and a half. I'm now doing three, four, five miles. I don't run. I used to, but I just decided I can't. Mainly because I take the dog with me, and he's not as young as he used to be. So we walk, and that's fine. My point is, you know, if you can get 10,000 steps in, that's about five miles. If you can do that, great. Build up your stamina. And, and let me tell you, doing the trails, hiking trails, versus the treadmill, two different animals entirely. I'm telling you. But I think you should start doing that. You need to help yourself. If you don't help yourself, you can't help others. There you go. There it is. And that's the way it is, my friends. All right. Um, a couple of things I want to touch on base with you. A uh, few people in Southern California. Looks like Tropical Storm Hillary has formed uh, off southwest of Mexico. Potential impacts on Baja and Southern Cal. In other words, you might get a lot of rain, which is good. You need the rain. Everybody needs water, especially those poor bastards in Maui. I know Maui's in Hawaii, which, by the way, I did send $30 to the Maui uh, Humane Society because they're caring for the animals who have paws have melted, who are still alive, and they need help, they need money, they need meds. 30 bucks is the best I could do for right now. I'd like to send more, and I probably will. But you just all you do is just go online. Uh, look up Maui Humane Society. They've got a donation site set up. They'll take PayPal, whatever you got. All right, just want to put that out there. Uh, this is from Fortune Magazine, my friends. Is this good? Are we good on this? Yeah, we are? All right. Uh, they found that people with Alzheimer's disease tend to be deficient in these five nutrients. That helps keep the brains in top conditions at all ages. And that's what the researchers are saying. This came out less than 20 hours ago, and I wanted to share it with you because it's important. You know, I don't know about you, my grandmother, she had Alzheimer's, and it. I watched it, my whole family watched it just rob her of everything. Everything that she was, that she knew that she had become in her life. Alzheimer's had robbed her. So... If, if we can prevent this by just making, if this is correct, I'm hoping that it is. By the way, I'm going to give you the five micronutrients that are strikingly lower in the brains of those who have Alzheimer's disease than in the brains of those who don't. So here we go. Now that's according to new research that's been published in the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease by Virginia Tech, Caroline School of Medicine professor, C. Kathleen Dory and a team of researchers. Well, they analyzed the brains of 31 donors, the average age of which was 75 years. Most, but not all, had died with Alzheimer's disease. Compared to unaffected brains, they found that brains of those with the disease had around half the level of the following micronutrients. 
vitamins and minerals critical to the body's function but needed only in small amounts. First one is lycopene. It's an antioxidant that could help protect cells from damage. Lycopene gives some fruits and vegetables like tomatoes, watermelon, red oranges, pink grapefruits, by the way, those are really good. Uh, the apricots, guavas, they're red hue. Now, if you're like a good prepping American, you probably have a garden going. And in your garden, you probably have grown some tomatoes. Now, the wife has discovered, and God love her for this, go out to the garden, pick the tomatoes, and what does she do? She makes fresh tomato juice. And it's really good. The thing of it is, get this, you need, uh, what, what you, I think they said you need 13 pounds? Three pounds or 13 pounds of tomatoes to make one quart of tomato juice. There you go. So, next one is retinol. Now, retinol is a form of vitamin A that helps the immune system work properly. You see, retinol helps you see in dim lighting and keeps skin healthy. It's found in foods like cheese, eggs, oily fish, like salmon, uh, milk, yogurt, and liver. Now, the body can convert beta-carotene into retinol. So indirect sources include yellow, red, and green leafy vegetables, like spinach, carrots, sweet potatoes, and red peppers, as well as yellow fruits like mangoes, papaya, and apricots. I'll tell you right now. Since the heart failure, well, I didn't have heart failure. I had a heart attack. The heart didn't fail. It just said, if you don't do something, I will fail. But for now, here's an attack to give you a memory, you know, to remember me by. Since doing that, and I've, read, I've really uh, changed my eating habits. Again, lower sodium, lower sodium, lower sodium. You're going to see the government push on lower sodium very shortly, I think. Uh, because it's all the processed food and cans and all that. Even, I'll tell you what, you go next time you go to the grocery store, pick out your favorite foods, look at the ingredients, see how much sodium's in there. You will be surprised. I don't like to eat a lot of canned foods. And if I do, I do it very sparingly. But anyways, next one is lutein. Now, lutein is often referred to as the eye vitamin. You know this. Lutein is thought to protect the eye tissue from sun damage. And you, again, can find in foods like egg yolks, uh, spinach, kale. I'm not a big kale fan, but I will eat it. Corn, orange peppers, kiwis. Love kiwis. Grapes. I love the red grapes. Green grapes are okay. Love redless seedless grapes. Red seedless grapes are the best, in my opinion. Zucchinis and squash. If you have not taken a squash, cut it long lengthwise and put it on the grill. It's wonderful. I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Uh, next one is called Z-Xanthin. Z-E-A-X-A-N-T-H-I-N. It's an antioxidant. It is known to protect eye tissues from the sun, found in, again, in eggs, oranges, grapes, corn, goji berries, mango, and orange peppers. I will sit there, and, and my garden has the peppers growing, green, red, and orange. I will sit there and cut a pepper up, and I will just slice it up and eat it raw. Love it. Vitamin E. Now, this is important. It's also an antioxidant. And it keeps free radicals in check. Free radicals. Think of it as liberals in your body running crazy. 
vitamin E is like conservatives. Goes in there and says, knock it off. So, um, it improves immune function and can prevent clots from forming in the arteries of the heart. That's bad juju if you get a clot in your artery. All right. It can be found in plant-based oils, nuts, seeds, fruits, and vegetables like sunflower oil, soybean oil, almonds, peanuts, spinach, pumpkin, red bell peppers, asparagus. Love asparagus. I'll steam that and eat that all day. Mangoes and avocados. Love avocados. Who doesn't like avocados? So all five micronutrients are antioxidants, and they may prevent or delay some cell damage. Uh, lycopene, lutein, and uh, zeaxanthin are also carotenoids. That's nutrient-rich pigments found in fruits and vegetables. Other large studies have found that the risk of developing Alzheimer's disease was significantly lower in those who ate diets rich in carotenoids or who had the highest levels of lutein and zeaxanthin in their blood or retina, according to Dory. Now, this study for the first time demonstrates deficits in important dietary antioxidants in Alzheimer's brains. We believe eating carotenoid-rich diets will help brain help keep brains in top conditions at all ages. That's how important it is. And all you gotta do is eat. Just eat the damn vegetables. How hard is it? Vegetables and fruits. They're pretty good. You should, yeah, I like them. All right. So this is not, uh, the results really should come as no surprise because multiple studies have found that those who follow the Mediterranean diet approaches to stop hypertension, you know, high blood pressure, uh, that diet emphasizes the consumption of what? Antioxidant-rich fruits, vegetables, legumes, nuts, and fish with very little meat, dairy, and sweets. Now look, I like my ice cream. I do. I like my chocolate. I do. Do I drink a lot of milk? No. Do I eat a lot of cheese? I've cut down quite a bit. Uh, mainly because it's high in sodium. Swiss cheese is the lowest in sodium that I could find. Anyways, that had a lower risk, risk of whisk, had a lower risk of developing Alzheimer's disease, better cognitive function prior to death, and fewer signs of Alzheimer's disease than those who did develop the condition. There you go. So the only the only the only thing you got going for you now is time. You can start doing it now. It ain't gonna hurt. What's gonna happen is once you've contracted Alzheimer's and it's developed, it's too late. There you go. There it is. What else are we going to talk? What else are we going to talk about? No, no, not yet, not yet. What's this? Okay, I saw this. My boys and girls, my friends, and I got to tell you, I, <laughs> I have got to tell you. When I read this, my jaw dropped, and now, okay, just bear with me, if you will. Yep, 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 yep. So. I saw this, and I just about, I'm thinking, you know, the more I hear about, the more angrier I get. And I'm going to share it to you. Did you know? And I, I, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you the list right now. We're going to get, I'm going to give you the list. This is from Brightwork Research and Analysis. Uh, May 12th, 2022. The cancers for which ivermectin has been demonstrated to be effective by Sean Snap. 
May 12, 2022. That's the byline. I'm just livid about it. Ivermectin has proven to treat a variety of different cancers. Well, we covered um, which, which cancers has ivermectin been demonstrated to treat. Now, in earlier versions of the uh, article, we were asked which cancers or organs ivermectin was found to be effective. The answer is ivermectin is effective for many types of cancer. So here's the list. It is not necessarily comprehensive as we add to the list over time. Furthermore, it is unlikely that these are the only cancers which ivermectin is effective. This is because things that ivermectin does against these cancers are also crucial in fighting cancer generally. However, these are just the studies we were just able to find so far that ivermectin works to combat and prevent. If this is true, you know, and I've always been of the opinion there's many things the pharmaceutical industry does not want to find cures for. Why? Because it ruins the bottom line, the profit line. That's why. Cheaper to keep treating somebody over and over again than cure them and never have them come back and give you any more money, right? So, to see the specific quotes from the original research and more description, um, you're going to have to go to this website, brightworkresearch.com. And just punch in, put it in your search box if you want, uh, cancers and ivermectin. You'll see it. It will pop up. Cancer type number one, lung cancer. What? Yes. Cancer number two, gastric cancer or digestive cancer. Number three, breast cancer. Number four, urinary cancer. Number five, hemo hematological cancer or blood cancer or leukemia. Ovarian cancer. That was number six. Number seven, cervical cancer. Number eight, brain cancer. Number nine, melanoma or skin cancer. Number 10, colorectal cancer. Now, none of the, notice that none of the studies on ivermectin have been performed in the United States. Curiously enough, the U.S. has by far the largest national medical research budget in the world. And so if the U.S. is not performing studies, this is not only a negative, but tells us something peculiar about what the NIH is deciding not to fund in the area of cancer research. Right now, there are no NCI supported clinical trials studying ivermectin at this time. It's true. There are all kinds of things that ivermectin is wonderful for. I wanted to put this out to you. You're going to have to, to, I guess, read and decide for yourself if you have a family member. So, And you need to talk to the doctor. And see, see if you can get them to uh, prescribe ivermectin. Number one is important point to understand is pharmaceutical companies control most of the information you read on medical topics. It was, it's without you knowing. How many times you sit there and watch TV and you see these commercials for all these drugs? 
from the pharmaceutical companies. It's not like you can go get those drugs over the counter. No, 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 no. They want you to go to the doctor, spend money there, get the prescription, then fight with your insurance company because it's going to be top dollar for the stuff they're writing you for. Oh, it's new? It works? Oh, yeah, you're going to have to pay a lot of money for that. And yet those horrors in Washington, D.C. don't want to do anything about it. Pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical companies highly influenced to the point of controlling nearly all information sources and medical authorities on medical topics, which is the vast majority of the information online that Google gives the public in their search results. Their objective is to direct you to their advertisers, which is the basis of over 98% of Google's revenue. Advertisers are what Google calls authoritative sources. Important point number two, cancer information from major sources on treatments is of low quality. The cancer information generally available from all, nearly all online sources is directed toward placing cancer patients into a sales funnel for every expensive and for what is frequently ineffective or low effectiveness treatments. There is very little focus on explaining the effectiveness of different treatment options. Instead, a cancer patient is told they must get frequently screened for cancer and begin treatment immediately. Then, the article normally explains how the treatment works without providing information on how effective the treatment actually is. So, important point number three. Cancer Center Oncologist Tactic. Convince the cancer patient that the big money cancer center is empathetic. That is, they really do care for you. They really do. Yeah. Another common tactic is to promote how much the cancer care center you know, cares about its patients, which is supposed to circumvent the discussion of whether the treatment is effective. They want you to give up your intellect and listen to what they're going to tell you. We know. We're the cancer center. We wouldn't lie to you. Just make sure your insurance is valid and you keep paying. <coughs> Consider how expensive cancer treatments are versus their average effectiveness. This type of performance empathy is designed to get the, patient, the cancer patient to lower their guard and trust the cancer center and oncologist, and not ask too many questions about the treatment. The vast majority of cancer patients have no idea how corrupt the cancer establishment is and are easily tricked into not asking for evidence of effectiveness. You know, my daughter, she went crazy when I had my heart failure or my heart attack. She, uh, well, she was given the... These doctors saying you need, you should be doing this or taking this and doing that. My daughter said, ah, no, 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 no. She she says where? She says I want to read what you just where you got that information from. You would think she, she just asked them a very difficult question, and it wasn't. So yeah, it's true. So even the greediest, most profit over patient care centers like. Uh, MD Anderson, Slow Kettering, and the Cancer Centers of America all present themselves this way. And it works. As soon as cancer patients are convinced someone in a lab coat seems like they want to help them, 
their requirements for evidence considerably decline. We don't care about how empathetic cancer centers claim to be, how nice the facilities look, or how expensive the cancer center equipment is. Our only concern is how effective cancer treatments are. And this is one of the significant areas of our research. So, there you go. You want to get more information on ivermectin? Okay. Oh. There's so much here. My friends, I'm going to tell you right now, should I, you know, God forbid I could come down, I come down with any type of cancer. Ivermectin is going to be discussed. Ivermectin will be used off-label. And remember, the CDC and the National Institute of Health, the NIH, they get money from where? The pharmaceutical companies. Believe me, don't believe me. That's up to you, my friends. I, 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 can't, I can't change it for you. Okay, what else have we got here? There's so much fun, isn't it? Okay. Where are we to right now? Oh, plenty of time. Plenty of time. You know, now you can find uh, the Jeffers Brief and, uh, and uh, <laughs> the new show on, well, it's not new, just retitled show called uh, the, Kirshen, <laughs> the Kirshner Files. Our good, our good friend Dave Kirshner, he has, he's going to be on uh, the Blessed News Network, am, as am I. We are there, blessed.news. You'll find us at the Blessed News Network. We are there now as well. They decided they wanted to carry our shows. Thank you, Jake Lane. Jake Lane is a uh, January 6th prisoner in the Gulag. Listen to my interview with him. Go into the archives. You'll find it. Thanks, Jake. I appreciate you. I do, pal. Thank you. All right. Where are we now? Yes, give me a break here. Ah, here we go. Would you like to ride in my beautiful Would you like to ride?
Have you or someone you know ever had a hard drive crash? Or maybe your cell phone or tablet died, taking all of your pictures with it. You've thought about backing up your data, but all of the plans out there cost too much money for just a little bit of storage space. Well, now there's a solution. Got backup? That's right, Got Backup will allow you to back up unlimited devices, up to six terabytes of data for only $9.97 a month. And that's not all. You can earn commissions by referring friends and family too. Got Backup is the only data storage center that allows you to earn income on your referrals. Check out Got Backup now. Log on to john-jeffers.com. That's john-jeffers.com. Log on now. Hi everyone, Donald Lowry here, and I'm the marketing director for Contra Radio Network. You know what helps me sleep well? Physical gold. Gold IRAs help people diversify. The best gold IRA company is Augusta Precious Metals, with thousands of happy customers. Learn why Americans get gold IRAs. Get Augusta's free guide. Text CONTRA to 68592. That's C-O-N-T-R-A to 68592. Or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. You're locked on to the Contra Radio Network. All right, Intelligentsia. Hey, um, 1945.com. I'm really starting to like these people. Uh, great article, Jennifer Gillardi. Thank you. Uh, her headline is pretty simple, and I want to share it with you. Don't be fooled. Democrats don't want Donald Trump to go to jail. I know the appearances can be deceiving. And this was written just before the the fourth the fourth indictment. I got an idea. Why don't all 50 states just sit there and indict Donald Trump? There you go. You can see the... I better be careful. Those morons just might try it. Anyways, it would seem that with the uh, foreign diamonds in the past four months or so, that Democrats really want Donald Trump in jail. However, appearances can be deceiving. The truth is, the left doesn't really care if the got frontrunner ever sees the inside of a prison cell or dons his signature color orange. The only thing the left wants to do 
is remove the large, boisterous obstacle that has prevented their reign of power, no matter what democratic processes or laws need to be overturned. Because we have politics masquerading as law. I'll say that again. Politics masquerading as law. You know, as former federal prosecutor Andy McCarthy stated in an interview with the Morning Wire News podcast that the best Donald Trump indictment is as weak as it was foretold to be. Jack Smith's most recent go at Donald Trump includes four criminal charges. Conspiring to defraud the United States, conspiring to obstruct an official proceeding, obstructing a congressional proceeding, and conspiracy against rights in connection with what prosecutors allege was a plan to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. Now, McCarthy argued during an interview on the Morning Wire News podcast that the charges against Donald Trump for misconduct during the election is nothing more than politics masquerading as law, masquerading on politics. There you go. He explained his comment by saying Trump's third criminal indictment arose out of the failure of the political system to hold Donald Trump accountable the way the Constitution intends, which is by impeachment. And the criminal justice system is an inept substitute for that. He continued, having failed to impeach him, they are now trying to do it by other means. And the means they've chosen is the criminal justice system. In other words, <laughs> the DOJ is using the law to resolve a political accusation because the political means they tried didn't resolve the issue the way they had hoped. The issue is being Donald Trump. In another interview with Fox News, McCarthy stated Smith is trying to distort statutes in order to try to pigeonhole Trump's behavior into them. The timing of all this and the way the indictment is structured demonstrates that what they really want to accomplish is to try to push the case to trial and then get a bunch of evidence mainly about the Capitol riot, even though it's not charged as a crime in the indictment. They want to get that in a public trial in the stretch run of the campaign so that they can have January 6th imagery in the electorate's mind as it goes to the polls. McCarthy continued that the charges brought by Special Prosecutor Jack Smith are so weak that even a Washington, D.C. jury, it will be difficult to prove Donald Trump guilty. So much of Trump's defense will likely be grounded in the First Amendment arguments. McCarthy argued that Smith will have a difficult time to prove what Trump claimed regarding fraud in the 2020 election was knowingly false. Anyone who listened or to or continues to listen to Donald Trump attests that the election was stolen from him knows beyond the shadow of a doubt that he believes the words that come out of his mouth. Most of this indictment, I'd say at least 90% of it, is politically protected speech. You're allowed to engage in aggressive speech, in obnoxious speech, and even in false speech. What you can't do is incite violence, and he's not charged with that. So really, what this is, is a criminalization of the electoral process or the campaign process, said McCarthy. I think he's right. Of course, the 45th president agrees. Donald Trump has denied any wrongdoing while also slamming the case as politically motivated. 
as always with the Biden administration, the ends justify the means. As far as they're concerned, they've done their job as long as Donald Trump is not sitting at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue come 2025. I think Jennifer Gallardi is absolutely correct. She has a master's in public policy from Pepperdine University. So, yeah, she's got, nice, she's got some good credentials. Well, it's true. Jeez, can you imagine that? Say it ain't so, right? Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, well, well. As you know, I do have a thing for uh, Burt Backrack music. I do like it. I do. But this won't be one of them, I don't think. Miriam Makiba. Pata Pata.
Yes, you can thank me later, because that little tune will be stuck in your head for the rest of the day. It's just the way it is. <laughs> oh, all right. What do we got here? Oh, you know, uh, one of the things that helps me sleep well at night is the fact I've got physical gold. And I'm concerned about what the Biden administration is doing. When I decide to learn more about gold IRAs to help me diversify. This is where, my friends, Augusta Precious Metals comes in. You don't know about gold and silver IRAs? That's okay. You don't have to. They do. So, did you know you could buy gold for your IRA and 401k? Did you know that? And gold can't be tracked like digital currency. And no one has to know what you're buying, and there's no way to print more. So my best resource for gold IRAs is Augusta Precious Metals. I've been telling you this. And their track record is no less than phenomenal. They have thousands of happy customers. They're the absolute best. And I hate to say it, but they are amazing. I hate that word amazing, but i got to use it here. All right? So learn why thousands of Americans like you and me are getting gold IRAs as part of their retirement portfolios. You need to contact Augusta Precious Metals and get their free guide. Guys, I'm serious about this. You need to do this. So text CONTRA to 68592. Again, text C-O-N-T-R-A to 68592. CONTRA to 68592. Or, or, or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's Augusta preciousmetals.com. There you go, my friends. There. Now, let's get on with it, shall we? This next one is coming out from the Institute for the Study of War. And it's a paper entitled, How the Ukraine Counteroffensive Can Still Succeed. I know. Look, there's a lot of you out there that think the Russians were right in crossing a sovereign border and invading a country that had done nothing to them. I disagree with that entire scenario. So, anyways. The situation in Ukraine, in fact, uh, the, for the Institute for the Study of War is uh, Frederick Kagan, Carolina Hurd, and Katerina Stepanenko. Uh, the situation in Ukraine still favors Kiev, despite the limited progress made in the counteroffensive so far. This was from August 3rd, so about two weeks ago. The Ukrainian forces attempted a limited mechanized penetration of prepared Russian defenses in the south in early to mid-June, but failed to break through the Russian lines. They then switched to slower and more careful operations while disrupting Russian rear areas with long-range precision strikes. Ukraine began the next reportedly main phase of this counteroffensive on July 26 with a determined drive to penetrate Russian lines in western Zaporizhia Oblast. It's far too soon to evaluate the outcome of that effort, which is underway as of the time of this writing, but it is vital to manage expectations. You see, Ukrainian forces are fighting now to break through the first line of long-prepared Russian defenses. Several lines lie behind it stretching for many miles. 
Ukrainian progress will very likely alternate periods of notable tactical advances with periods, possibly long periods of pause and some setbacks. Much as which, which we might hope for, the, for that road to the Sea of Azov will simply open for Ukrainian forces, the odds are high that fighting will remain hard, casualties high, and frustration will be a constant companion. All of which is normal in war. But the Ukrainian counteroffensive can succeed in any of several ways. First, the current Ukrainian mechanized breakthrough could succeed, and the Ukrainians could exploit it deeply enough to unhinge part or all the Russian lines. Second, Russian forces already suffering serious morale and other systemic problems could break under the pressure and begin to withdraw in a controlled or uncontrolled fashion. Third, a steady pressure and interdiction campaign supported by major efforts, such as the one now underway, can generate gaps in the Russian lines that Ukrainian forces can exploit at first locally, but then for deeper penetrations. The first and second possibilities are relatively unlikely, but possible. The third is the most probable path to Ukrainian success. It will be slower and more gradual than the other two, and slower than Ukraine's Western backers desire and expect. It depends on the West providing Ukraine with a constant flow of equipment, likely many months, so that the Ukraine can maintain its pressure until Russian forces offer the kinds of frontline cracks the Ukrainians can exploit. It is not primarily a matter of attrition. The slow pace of the pressure campaign Ukraine had been using before July 26 is designed to minimize Ukrainian losses. It is not primarily oriented towards uh, attrating Russians either, but rather towards steadily forcing the Russians out of their prepared defensive positions in ways that the Ukrainians can take advantage of to make operationally significant advances. It is still maneuver warfare rather than attritional warfare. It's just a sore pace. It therefore requires patience and it can succeed. The Ukrainians have been successful with such an approach both in Kyrgyzstan and in the Kharkiv uh, counteroffensive. The rapid collapse of Russian positions around Kharkiv in October 2022 was the result of months of steady Ukrainian pressure on the ground and in the rear. Ukrainian forces stopped determined Russian advances around Izium in southeastern Kharkiv, Oblast, and then launched their own limited counterattacks in mid-September 2022. They targeted Russian logistics hubs and concentration areas behind the front lines for months before launching their decisive effort. That effort caught the Russians by surprise leading to the sudden collapse of Russian defenses and rapid, dramatic Ukrainian gains. A similar approach in Kyrgyzstan did not achieve surprise, and so it did not generate such a large-scale, rapid Russian collapse, but it still liberated a large, heavily defended area. A similar approach in southern Ukraine cannot offer similar prospects for success. Now, Ukraine has reportedly committed the main body of its forces it had prepared for counteroffensive operations, although it is not clear what proportion of those forces are actively engaged in combat. Ukraine retains the initiative and benefits from the many advantages discussed below. Its counteroffensive could nevertheless fail. The Russians might prove more resilient than they seem. 
the Ukrainians might be unable to develop the tactical skills they need to overcome well-prepared Russian defenses. The West might fall short of providing Ukraine the equipment and the support it needs in time. The last is the only thing fully under the West control. As long as Ukraine still has a serious prospect of liberating strategically vital areas, which it still does, the West's task is to ensure that Ukraine has what it needs to succeed. Now, Russia's problems. Uh, reasons for confidence in the possibility of significant Ukrainian successes are closely tied to a number of fundamental challenges inherent to the Russian position in Ukraine and the Russian military. These cannot be resolved in 2023. So the opportunities they offer Ukraine are not fleeting. At the strategic level, the geometry of the theater favors Ukraine. At the strategic and operational levels, the lack of Russian reserve forces, the difficult and complex choices on the Russian military command in the face of Ukrainian counteroffensives. And at the tactical level, the way the Russians are conducting defensive operations puts much greater pressure on Russian combat units than the lack of regular or large-scale movements on the map would suggest. All these problems are exacerbated by fundamental flaws in the Russian military itself. So, theater geometry is the defining characteristics of this phase of the war that the Russians must defend a ground line of communication, or a glock. And that's consisting of a road and a railhead that runs from Rostov on Don at the northeastern edge of the Sea of Azov to Crimea. Vast quantities of food, fuel, ammunition, personnel, and other supplies are required by the tens of thousands of Russian troops in southern Ukraine and must travel along this road and rail line. The Russians were already relying and dependent on this Glock to supply their troops in southern Ukraine before the, the most recent break in the Kerch Strait Bridge. Because Russian President uh, Putin had ordered Russian forces not to rely on the bridge for the logistics after the last major attack on the bridge. The break in that road bridge deprives the Russians of any fallback if the Ukrainians can threaten to cut the Rostov to Crimea Glock. The state of affairs favors Ukraine in an important way. If the Ukrainians can reach the Sea of Azov anywhere and hold their positions, they will have cut the Glock. The Russians thus have to hold the entire thing. Put another way, Ukrainians only have to win and hold in one sector to render virtually all the Russian held territory west of their advance untenable. The Russians have to win everywhere all the time. The Ukrainians don't even have to make it all the way to the water. The Glock does not hug the coast all the way, for one thing, and is thus closer to the current front lines in some areas than the shoreline. If the Ukrainians can push to within artillery range of the Glock, that's about 25 kilometers, moreover, they can begin to shell it intensively in a way that would badly degrade the Russians' ability to continue to use it. The Ukrainians are thus free to choose any sector of the line or take advantage of any hole that opens anywhere in the line to push to cut the Glock in a way very likely to collapse the Russian defenses west of that break. The Russians cannot allow any holes to appear. On the reserves, the Russians suffer from a difficult challenge in that they lack operational or strategic reserves. Reserves are uncommitted combat forces able to respond to developing situations in the battle space. They can be used to take advantage of opportunities, such as to break through the lines during an offensive operation, 
or to handle emergencies, for example, by rushing in to close a gap in friendly lines uh, before the enemy can exploit it. Reserves are essential in mechanized maneuver war when the combatants can break through each other's lines and they exploit those breakthroughs to make large-scale and rapid advances. Reserves can play a different role in a protected war, whether attritional or to simply slow maneuver, because the frontline troops in such a conflict become exhausted over time. Reserves can then rotate onto the front lines to allow the exhausted troops there to move to safer areas in the rest, uh, uh, move to safer areas in the rear, rest, receive replacements and new equipment, and prepare to take their turns again on the front lines. A military without significant reserves has to require its troops on the front lines to stay there indefinitely and contemporarily generate the effects of reserves only by pulling forces from one sector of the line to another to deal with unexpected opportunities or reverses. This is exactly the situation the Russians find themselves in now, and the Russian force generation apparatus is currently incapable of bringing up quality reserves to fulfill these roles fast enough. A lack of dramatic advances or withdrawals does not mean a lack of action, still less stalemate. Ukrainian forces continue to press Russian defenders all along the lines with combinations of artillery strikes and ground combat. The Russian defenders are tiring and complaining about it publicly. It is clear that Russian Armed Forces Chief of Army uh, General Valery Gerasimov, who is also the overall theater commander for Ukraine, has established a policy that seriously limits troop rotations across the theater. One Russian senior commander resigned or was fired over the issue. Russian soldiers or their families periodically release videos complaining about the lack of rotations. Russian mill bloggers constantly express concern about the problem. These indicators clearly suggest that Gerasimov's policy is largely pinning the same Russian forces on active front lines for a long time, forcing them to continue to receive Ukrainian artillery strikes and ground attacks for weeks or months without rest. Since the nature of the Russian defense requires considerable activity of the defenders, as we will consider below, the burden on soldiers required to execute that defense continuously for a long time is wearing. Now, Grasimov's anti-rotations policy is likely based on the reality that Russia simply doesn't have enough combat forces to hold an uncommitted reserve either to respond to crisis or to relieve exhausted frontline troops. Just about all the major Russian ground combat units known to exist in the Russian military have been spotted operating on one sector of the front line or another. A few exceptions appears to be units that were destroyed by Ukrainian counteroffenses and not reconstituted, although it is remotely possible they are being held in reserve somewhere. That is unlikely, however, judging from the Russian response to the Ukrainian advances around Bakhmut. After the, uh, uh, the Wagner Group forces completed their seizure of all, all the city of Bakhmut in May 2023, they stopped fighting and then began withdrawing almost immediately. Now, Wagner financier Prigozhin did not coordinate his plans well with the Russian military defense or Gerasimov, who scrambled to find regular Russian combat units to replace the withdrawing Wagner forces. This goes on. My friends, I suggest you go to 1945.com.
I'm sorry, the Institute for War, my, my mistake. This goes on. It's a lot. A lot more than what you got here for the show. But I wanted you to get an idea of what the hell the hell's happening. Do, 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 do. What else we got here? Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Well, uh, where are we? Where am I? Oh, here we go. Have you or someone you know ever had a hard drive crash? Or maybe your cell phone or tablet died, taking all of your pictures with it. You've thought about backing up your data, but all of the plans out there cost too much money for just a little bit of storage space. Well, now there's a solution. Got backup? That's right, Got Backup will allow you to back up unlimited devices, up to 6 terabytes of data for only $9.97 a month. And that's not all. You can earn commissions by referring friends and family too. Got Backup is the only data storage center that allows you to earn income on your referrals. Check out Got Backup now. Log on to john-jeffers.com. That's john-jeffers.com. Log on now. From the DMZ to the NATO front, this is Contra Radio Network. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. It's not unusual to have fun with anyone. It's not unusual to see me cry, I wanna die It's not unusual to go out of any time But when I see you out and about, it's such a crime If you should ever wanna be loved by anyone It's not unusual, it happens every day No matter what you say DMZ to the NATO front. This is CRN. Indeed it is. Hey, you want to know the secret re reason some Republicans don't want to impeach Joe Biden? Shay Bottomley knows. It's no secret that the Republicans are split on crucial questions. 
Should the GOP-controlled House of Representatives impeach Joe Biden? When you have a divisive figure like Donald Trump in your party, it is no wonder differences of opinion are shared and factions emerge. Trump supporters, who amass more than half the party, according to the latest polls, are desperate to impeach the president as Trump's legal troubles continue to spiral. The, remain, the remainder, particularly those in key battlegrounds, remain unconvinced such a move is sensible and fear will only be seen as politically motivated. As if that stopped anybody from doing anything. A decision to launch formal impeachment proceedings rests in the hands of House Speaker McCarthy, who must weigh the pros and cons of such an act before deciding on what's best for his party's political ambitions as well as his own. So the facts so far on Joe Biden. What a brainstem. Republicans control the House of Representatives by 222 to 212. That's a 10 vote margin. With a majority threshold of 218. And they vote along party lines and impeachment would be sent to the Senate. However, if five Republicans, and you know those rhinos are out there, voted against their colleagues, impeachment would fall at the first hurdle. A political embarrassment which would surely hurt the GOP in next year's elections. No, it is not. I don't care. No, no it's just it's the who is tracking the real deal COVID variant. Oh, so now it's the real deal. What was it in 2020? Was that the real deal? I don't know. You know, this is why the who and the CDC, they shot their credibility wad already. Well, we should be, we should be wearing masks again. Your request is hereby denied. Can't believe they're actually thinking about doing it again. Morons. So, getting back to it. The divide within the Republican Party, party is not purely based on the, on the man expected to be his presidential nominee either. The investigation so far has primarily focused on Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings and his father's connection to them. While we know the president was placed on speakerphone during discussions and attended dinners, such facts alone are not enough to convincingly impeach the president. Remember, it's got to be high crimes and misdemeanors. Going to dinner, listening on a conference speakerphone is not a high crime or a misdemeanor. In the absence of clear-cut evidence, impeachment only appears to be an act of desperation among ever-important swing voters. After all, Hunter is not the one being impeached. And in the absence of an obvious connection, the House has no conclusive grounds upon which to impeach the president. So you have the case of 18. Now, politicians may have their own private views on the Biden family, but the reality remains they will be held accountable for their actions by the electorate. As such, Republican lawmakers in battleground areas are reluctant to support the impeachment ambitions of the right. There are 18 GOP House representatives who won their seat in congressional districts where Biden beat Trump in 2020. Many of these have expressed their support for the inquiry, but are reluctant to formally launch proceedings at this moment in time. In other words, they're cowards. These 18 Republicans will be the most vulnerable in next year's election. So, they must strategically differentiate their private opinions from their public statements to appease nonpartisan voters. 
Their next steps, made all the harder amid growing pressure from outspoken Trump loyalists, could ultimately decide their political future when voters go to the polls on November 5th, 2024. There you have it. Ah, there. There's your secret reason. They're afraid. What is this one? Um, this coming up, just now coming across, something's going on. And yeah, this is the problem. Now, I'm just going to put it out there. I don't know if it's true or not. I just don't know. This is coming in from 1945.com by Stavros Alta Mazoglu. Interesting name. He's a seasoned defense journalist specializing in special operations. He's a Hellenic Army veteran. He had national service with the 575th Marine Battalion and Army Headquarters and a John Hopkins University graduate. His work has been featured in Business Insider, Sandbach, and Safran. And he says, he was reporting, there's a panicked retreat. Russia's defenses are starting to break in Ukraine, which we just talked about. The situation in the Donbas region is becoming increasingly dire for the Russian military. Over the past hours, Ukrainian forces have breached Russian defenses around the village of uh, Eurozhen in their retreat. The Russian units in this area suffered extremely heavy casualties. This could be, they might be crumbling. The Russian forces defending the village of Eurozhen suffered a bloody defeat. Someone in the Russian chain of command evidently believed that the position in Eurozhen was about to be overrun by the advancing Ukrainians and gave the order to evacuate on foot and in broad daylight and in an area under the cover of Ukrainian artillery. You can just see what happened there. Once the Russian commanders gave the order to retreat, there was panic. Exposed and lacking any protection whatsoever, Russian forces ran back toward deeper lines of defense. But Ukrainian forces were ready. Using tactical unmanned aerial systems for reconnaissance, the Ukrainians had a good picture of what was going on in Eurozhen. Once they saw columns of Russian soldiers fleeing on foot, the Ukrainians called in artillery and carnage has ensued. Uh, a couple of videos published by the Ukrainian Mil Ministry of Defense. One can see the columns of dismounted Russian troops running away and getting obliterated by artillery fire. Besides conventional rounds, the Ukrainians fired cluster munitions that are designed for exactly these situations. They have a devastating effect on concentrations of troops. The battle shows the lackluster Russian command and control system. Russian forces would probably have enjoyed a better fate if they had stayed put in the village and fought instead of running. The situation doesn't look promising for the Russian forces in the Donbass and southern Ukraine. The air is saturated with drones, shells, smoke from explosions, a short break at night, and all over again. A Russian soldier with the uh, Vostok Akhmet Battalion wrote on the popular social app Telegram. The Vostok Akhmet Battalion falls under the 42nd Motor Rifle Division of the Southern Military District and has been active in the area around the uh, Orakiv and the Zaprozizhia Oblast, which is about 200 miles from Eurozhen. That's a lot. That's far. 
Okay, the Ukrainian counteroffensive uh, has been trying to breach ext extensive Russian defensive since early June in southern Ukraine and the Donbass and achieve an operational breakthrough. Kiev's goal is to reach the Sea of Azov and split the Russian forces in Ukraine into two pockets. The northern pocket would include the areas of the Donbass and eastern Ukraine, and the southern pocket would include Kyrgyzstan and the Crimean Peninsula. If Ukrainian forces manage to achieve an operational breakthrough, if, then it looks like it could be happening. Russian forces might collapse and retreat even further back than the Ukrainians estimate, much like Moscow's forces did last fall when, in just a few days' time, they evacuated hundreds of square miles of territory in eastern Ukraine in a panicked retreat. To be sure, the Ukrainian military's progress has been much slower than many analysts in the West anticipated. But slowly and steadily, the Ukrainians are advancing. There you have it. And that Stavros Alamat Zaglo is a seasoned defense journalist specializing in op special operations. He's a Hellenic Army veteran. That's Greek. That's the Greek Army. Uh, National Service with the 575th Marine Battalion and Army Headquarters. And he's a John Hopkins University graduate. Interesting, to say the least. Wow. All right. Mm -mm -mm. No, I don't care. Uh, the left has gone too far. The one thing Republicans cannot ignore. Despite the persistent... Who, who, who wrote this? Oh, Jennifer Gillardi. Huh. Uh, despite his persistent and unwavering support from many Americans, more and more Donald, Donald Trump's legal troubles put him in peril of losing the Republican nomination. DeSantis is next in line, but with still an almost 40-point gap, Ramaswamy, with an unabashed support for Trump, is leading the rear and gaining ground fast. These two candidates have their finger on the pulse of something that is gaining attention, despite the media's downplay and ridicule of current events. What's this culture? Now, Bud Light and Target learned the hard way what happens when you get caught up in the culture wars. After overt support for the LGBTQIA plus initiatives and blatant displays during Pride Month, both BMF businesses lost massive market value over the summer. According to the Wall Street Journal, both companies have lowered the profit goals for the entire year after being struck by consumer boycotts. Anheuser-Busch stocks have remained almost 20 cents below their highest point in March since the company decided to pursue a marketing promotion. And ex-marketing executive Elisa Henderson, who added fuel to the fire by proclaiming Bud Light was a fratty and out-of-touch brand that needed to be reimagined and refreshed. Oh yeah, she was fired as it came out. Yes, she got fired and a bunch of her little cohorts who sat there and said, that's a good idea, yeah, do it, do it, do it. Guess what, you're fired too, enjoy your time. Target also experienced fierce backlash from consumers over its Pride Month collection, which included tuck-friendly bathing suits for young adults. It was hard to miss the controversy over contra music star Jason Aldean's star uh, song, Try That in a Small Town. Now, CNT banned the music video, and liberal media immediately jumped on the bandwagon to portray the song as racist in rebellion. The rest of America got busy sending the song to number one on the Billboard charts within days. 
Country music television, guess what? We should ban those. Don't watch them. Fuck them. You want to jump in with the liberal media and all the other fools? Get on the ship. You're on it. Good luck. Now, I remember the first I heard the flyover state anthem, I was in my car driving past ocean, the Pacific Ocean on my uh, left and route to my home in Ventura County in Santa Barbara. Ironically, on my way to a country music concert, so I rolled down the windows and I cranked the tune up to 20. Um, this goes on. I don't care about that. This is, yeah, okay. Yada, yada. Okay, don't care about that. But anyways, they've gone too far. We know that. What is that? No, 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 no. Back it up. Oh, well. Okay, my friends. Where are we, anyways? How much time have we got? Oh, plenty of time. Plenty, yes. What else have we got? All right. Bum, 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 bum. Let's do this. You know what helps me sleep well at night? Physical gold. I'm concerned about what the Biden administration is doing, and I decided to learn more about gold IRAs to help me diversify. You know, did you know you can buy gold for your IRA or 401k? And gold can't be tracked like digital currency. No one has to know what you're buying, and there's no way to print more. My best resource for gold IRAs is Augusta Precious Metals. Their track record is no less than phenomenal. They have thousands of happy customers, and they are absolute best. They are amazing. Learn why thousands of Americans are getting gold IRAs as part of their retirement portfolios. You need to contact Augusta Precious Metals and get their free guide. I'm serious about this. So text CONTRA to 68592. Again, text C-O-N-T-R-A to 68592. CONTRA to 68592. Or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. From the DMZ to the NATO front, this is CRN. Indeed. Guess what, my boys and girls? If you have a 30-year loan on your mortgage, well, it just uh, jumped to 6.96%, meaning buyers now face paying an extra $1,000 a month on a standard property. Now, mortgage rates have shot up to just below 7%, says lender Freddie Mac. It means the average home buyer now faces paying an extra $1,000 a year if they bought today compared to August of 2021. There you have it. Thank you, Federal Reserve. You keep hiking the rights, you fucks. Meanwhile, Andy Pudzer. Now, Andy Pudzer is the former CEO of CKE Restaurants and is a senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation at Pepperdine University. You know, 
Unbelievable. This, uh, 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 oh, no. Let's get that taken care of. Listening to the Biden White House on economic issues is always a surreal experience. It calls to mind Charles Dickens' famous line, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. They can't keep it straight. Now, why Biden claims Biden and, oh God, why Bidenomics is working, his vice president, Kamala Harris, bemoans the fact that uh, most Americans are $400 unexpected expense away from bankruptcy. So which is it? Well, here's a clue. New numbers out Thursday morning showed inflation ticked up to 3.2% in July, from 3% in June. That's bucking a 12-month streak of falling consumer price increases. And right now, only 46% of Americans say they could cover an unexpected $400 bill without taking on debt. That's not to mention that a majority are living paycheck to paycheck. And credit card debt has just topped $1 trillion for the first time in U.S. history. And in the second quarter of 2023, 36% more people drained their retirement accounts to make ends meet, compared to the same period last year, according to Bank of America Analysis and its clients' employee benefits programs. So obviously, not the best of times. Here, you know what? You don't believe me? Let's, let, let's watch. Let, let, yeah, do we got time? We got time. Yes, we're going to do this. You need to listen to this fool. Well, as you might have noticed, I've never believed that. The Financial Times and the Wall Street Journal have started to call, started to call my plan Bidenomics. Initially, I don't think they meant it with a great deal of respect. <laughs> with all due respect to them, our plan is working. It's working. The economy has grown since I took office. It grew faster in the, in the last quarter than anyone expected. And you know, we've created over 13 million brand new jobs since I took office. 13 million in less than three years. 90,000 new jobs right here in New Mexico. Well, unemployment is down and so is inflation. We've created more jobs in two years than any president in American history has in four-year terms. Unemployment. At the below 4% for the longest period stretch in 50 years of American history. Oh, God, stop. I can't take it. No, I can't take it anymore. Anyways, the broader economic picture is far less sunny than Biden would have us believe. The credit rating agency Fitch recently downgraded its rating on U.S. debt from a top-tier AAA to AA+, because it expects fiscal deterioration over the next three years. Fitch is projecting tighter credit conditions, weakening business investment, and a slowdown in consumption, pushing the U.S. economy into recession at the end of this year or the beginning of 2024. That really doesn't sound like the best of times either. Even Steve Schwartzman, the CEO of the world's largest asset manager, BlackRock, admitted that the numbers justify the downgrade regrettably. 
Is it any surprise that the American people have noticed? A mere 37% of Americans approve of Biden's handling of the economy in the latest CNN poll. Two-thirds of Biden's 2020 voters, surveyed by Reuters, said the economy was worse, or about the same as it was in 2020 during the pandemic under President Trump. The vast gulf between how Biden views his economic prowess and how Americans feel is befuddling, until one remembers that this president has a nasty habit of denying reality. Recall that the White House once assured the country that rising inflation was either highly unlikely, transitory, temporary, decelerating and or peaking as it climbed to 9.1% in June of 2022. Remember that, huh? Now as the inflation uh, growth rate finally ebbs from its highs, as it inevitably would after the Federal Reserve hiked interest rates, Biden is claiming credit. But that's like an arsonist taking a bow after the fire department arrives to extinguish the blaze he set. Inflation spiked in March of 2021 as Biden poured $1.9 trillion in completely unnecessary pandemic relief spending for a COVID crisis that had effectively ended on an American economy already in recovery. As a result, inflation exploded and the country is now picking through the charred ruins. Biden expects us to thank him for it. No, we're not stupid. The Bureau of Labor and Statistics publishes the CPI each month, a common measure of inflation. CPI takes a basket of commonly purchased goods and services and prices them on a monthly basis. Now in January of 2021, when Biden took office, that basket cost about $261.50. In July of this year, that same basket cost $305.70. That's a huge 16.9% increase in only two and a half years. It's also larger than the CPI increase for any full 40-year presidential term since the 1980s. The wages of working class Americans have not kept pace with these rising costs. And it's not just the poor bearing the brunt of Bidenomics. 53% of those who earn between 50 and 100,000 per year are living hand to mouth. All the money coming in the door is just flying back out again to cover monthly bills and expenses, which means nest eggs are being cracked open and debt is piling up. When Biden took office, Americans had $2.3 trillion in personal savings. That, that number shot up to $5.7 trillion following Biden's so-called American Rescue Plan. Today, savings sit around a much diminished $862 billion. B. The average middle class household has lost over $33,000 in real wealth in just over the past year, according to one analysis. So no, Bidenomics is not working and everyone knows it. Americans are burning through their savings, maxing out credit cards, and imperiling their retirements. In that sense, Biden does deserve credit although he's doing all he can to avoid it. There you have it. Where are we? All right. Well, that's probably true, yeah. 
Have you or someone you know ever had a hard drive crash? Or maybe your cell phone or tablet died, taking all of your pictures with it. You've thought about backing up your data, but all of the plans out there cost too much money for just a little bit of storage space. Well, now there's a solution. Got backup? That's right, Got Backup will allow you to back up unlimited devices, up to 6 terabytes of data for only $9.97 a month. And that's not all. You can earn commissions by referring friends and family too. Got Backup is the only data storage center that allows you to earn income on your referrals. Check out Got Backup now. Log on to john-jeffers.com. That's john-jeffers.com. Log on now. Black Metal Firearms are a couple guys I know personally and friends of mine that put together some great accessories for all your firearms needs. Everything that I've seen them do is just top notch and very nice looking. BlackMetalFirearms.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. Go to Facebook, Black Metal Firearms. They got a great page there too. Learn more about the workmanship and the craftsmanship they put into every accessory and every build they do. You're locked on to the Contra Radio Network. And so it ends, my friends. Listeners, thanks again. I do appreciate you. Please, don't forget Augusta Precious Metals. Go ahead. Text them. Contra. 68592. 68592. Contra, Contra, Contra. Send it to them. What you do after that is up to you. But, hey, we need a response. So give us a hand. Would you? I'd appreciate it. Thank you. We will see you again next week. Don't forget, we got the Kirshner. Uh, is it the Kirshner Files? Is that what you call it? Anyways, he's off. He's done the hiatus. You got the jackassery moments, all that good stuff. All from our good friend Dave Kirshner. All right. So until next week, don't forget we're on the Blessed News Network now.com. Thanks, Jake Lane. Hope you're doing well, brother. We'll talk to you until next week. All right, I'm John Jefferson. If something really crazy happens, yeah, we'll be back. All right. Until then, have a good one. <laughs>